Shepherds of Men is a secular movement started by three men of faith. We wholeheartedly believe that when we get the men right, we get the world right. We believe this because we believe that men are created and called to be leaders, and we believe there is an alarming deficit of leadership in our world today. And although the three of us have come from drastically different backgrounds, our core principles have given us a unified voice that is needed now more than ever to pave the way for a fundamental change in our culture. We are quite literally calling men to something great. Welcome to the movement. What's up, world? This is Cam coming at you with the Movement Podcast here with my boy JP, as always. And you are currently becoming a part of the movement as you listen to this. Also, representing our Men Reforge program, uh, our latest and greatest endeavor, where we are killing off the passive male and actively forging influential men from the inside out. Just finished up our first high-carbon experience a few weeks ago. Great, great experience uh, with Mr. Keith Yaki and Nick Alfano there. Our next event will be coming up on June 25th, 2022, obviously, in case there's any confusion with that. And um, I don't want to drop the names yet. Obviously, JP and I will be there, so it's going to be badass anyways. But uh, we've got some pretty solid confirmations on some of the other guest speakers that are coming in. So it's going to be big time. If you want to know more about that, make sure to hit us up anywhere on social media, whatever, DM us, um, throw a smoke signal up, you know, send a carrier pigeon, something. We will get that information to you, but tickets will be available soon, probably within the next week or so. Uh, and as of today's recording, which I have no idea, I think it's uh, somewhere around the end of April currently. Is that pretty accurate, JP? Are it we is. In the end of April? Okay. Yeah. And it, if, if you're weak or soft by nature, um, Oh yeah. Maybe don't come to this. Find no. something else to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, that'd be a bad, that'd be a bad day for you. Yeah. Um, no, it is certainly not for that, but, uh, it is a good time for those men that like to become, uh, go from good to great, so to speak. So, um, with that, obviously, uh, if you're listening to this, you have found us in some way, shape or form on, uh, podcast platforms. If you're not following us on social media, check it out at shepherds of men, pretty much anywhere. It's the same thing. And make sure you go on, if you're on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, subscribe to the podcast, like the podcast, give reviews to the podcast. As things are growing, we have, uh, we have some great guests on. We actually got uh, to double dip today because we were, uh, had a great conversation with the founder of Building Men. And then I, I believe maybe our both founders. But then he said, I want my brother to come on here too because we do this together. And we we're like, hell yeah, let's rock and roll. So um but coming up, we are continuing. I think we've got the next six or seven episodes booked. And the, um, the quality and the caliber of the men that are coming on here is just continuing to increase. So we're pretty pumped about it, to say the least. So, um, so with all that said, I want to introduce our uh, brothers from Other Mothers Building Other Men up in New Jersey, uh, Mr. Dennis Meralda and Anthony Meralda. How are you guys doing today? What's up, Cameron? What's up, JP? Doing great, man. Good to be here. I just like the way he says Cameron. Cameron? I think JP sounds <laughs> yeah. better, but I might be biased. <laughs> we're going we're, to we'll pull out some Jersey accent. Yeah, there's in there. a bunch. It's It varies depending on where you are yeah. in Jersey, too. Forget there's about South, it. South Jersey, <laughs> the North Jersey, you know, so. Hey, is there a difference? You talk, you're saying. Go ahead, JP. Is there a difference between New York and, and New Jersey when it comes to the <laughs> accents and stuff? You just open up a can of worms here. Without a doubt, it's very nuanced <laughs> as well. And and the closer you are to New York, as far as North Jersey by the George Washington Bridge, uh, it's very, you know, it's almost indiscernible. But further you go south in Jersey, South Jersey is, is a closer to a Philly accent. Yeah, so you got the Philly. And my oh, brother yeah, could yeah. do a fucking phenomenal Down Philly south. accent. Hey, what's up, boys? How you doing? This is uh, Tim Novak from uh, Philly. I just came back from my Phillies game, had a nice Novak. hoagie with a couple of my buddies. You know, we're thinking about maybe getting uh, – of a hoagie after you know we're gonna see what happens <laughs> you see what happens <laughs> see what happens i mean what <laughs> normally happens when you have a hoagie? i mean great. wild wild shit wild shit happens when you get on those hoagies man hey that was that was good though man kudos on that solid. nicely it's nicely done i've been working on it yeah. feel free to call out a boston accent a wisconsin accent oh, during this as well he does well, a good I Russell say- brand a good arnold schwarzenegger prior to recording prior to recording y'all y'all went southern on us and and i will 
go ahead and claim expert on that accent because I'm from deep South Mississippi and you were pretty solid Cajun, Louisiana, somewhere in there, you know, uh, some influence for sure. So yeah, I'll tell tell you what, I might, uh, might pull out some Cajun uh, influence there as well. My friend (laughs) appreciate that. Appreciate that. You're you're getting it. You're getting it. Gumbo. (laughs) (laughs) Change your life. That's way better than a hoagie. I promise. It will change your life way better than a hoagie okay so so you guys now where in new jersey are you exactly now that we talked about every area so yeah um central new jersey uh west coast and the delaware river so split the difference between new york and philly right in the center of the state in delaware on the west coast side okay so pretty important next question uh who do you root for when it comes to the nfl giants giants big giants fans yeah sadly all right yeah sadly we're giants but i get it be a jets fan uh that's true this is true yeah yeah, about, yeah, Giants, Yankees, Knicks, Rangers, yeah, right. Oh, it's it's been a, it's been a rough couple of years. Mm. The Bills no, are okay. Oh. Yeah, but that's like that's very far north. There's not even a, um a competition. It's not even a rivalry. It's for us. It's Philly, Dallas, Washington, Philly especially. Yeah. We're proximity wise. Uh, there's a lot of Philly fans in South Jersey. We both went to college in South Jersey, so we the Philly fans are the ones that that get us they're the ones that that's why i was asking i mean i watched invincible i know how it goes up there yeah yes giants and eagles yes really 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 family oriented city right philly's very nice uh brotherly low, love low, low yeah. crime rate oh, <laughs> it's yeah. Kinda oh yeah brotherly love but yet it's oh. it's rough as hell or maybe it's just the area that i was in when i was up there oh no that you, you got it that's the whole area <laughs> that pretty that's much it. encompasses it's the whole the thing. Yep. area yep. It's a circle so, all right. So, uh, give us a little. Uh, we were talking about this on the front end. You guys, we we kind of got all your stats, Dennis. We had a, gosh, probably an hour long conversation with you a few weeks ago, which we enjoyed the hell out of. Um, and uh, we connected through a mutual friend, and I'm glad that we did because of what you do with your Building Men program, which we'll let you talk about, and what we do with Men Reforged are very, very similar. Um, I think what we discussed with some of the differences are you've always been a little more focused with the younger generation. Um, whereas we work with typically grown men, but we, you know, have other folks that we're like, we're speaking at a high school next week. We probably should have you come in and do that, honestly. Um, but, uh, is it, so give us a little background about like how that started, how the building men thing started and where you're at now and kind of, kind of what all you guys cover. Yeah, sure. So I will appreciate the opportunity. And uh, I'll start the story. I went to uh, college in South Jersey. I majored in elementary education with a minor in sociology. And during that experience, I did an internship at a almost a halfway home for kids that that were at, at risk. It was called Together Incorporated. And I was a counselor and a van driver. So I'd pick up the kids after school. They were there because of either the court system or because of Department of Children and Families. They were in a, an abusive situation. So I was really intrigued with kids that were coming from a difficult background and all of the trauma that they were experiencing and what they, uh, what they thought it meant to be a man, what, what their idea was. So fast forward, I, got, I was a teacher. And in 2005, I became an assistant principal in the town where I live in central New Jersey. Right away, as soon as I started as an assistant principal, I recognized all the shit that I was dealing with was with the young men in the school. They were coming to school late, not coming. They were getting in fights, getting tossed out of class for typical boy shit. You know, the stuff that boys do in a disrespectful right. way. And, and I decided to start a boys group. I called it Building Men. And at the same time, my younger brother, Anthony, who's 14 years younger than me, he was at that same age range. He was in that 13, 14 year old range during that time. And it's interesting because I went into education because I was his t-ball coach when I was 19 years old and he was five. That was the reason why I got into education. So I held this role of a father slash brother slash, you know, serving a couple of different purposes in his life during that time. And uh, so I started this building men program and within the first year, it was like, it made an unbelievable impact. We, we, we would set up the, the room in a circle boys would look at each other in the eye and shake hands to start every single meeting. We would talk about respect, responsibility, determination, self-discipline. And what I started with was asking the boys, what is, what do you think it means to be a man? Like, what is, what are the characteristics of a man? And almost to a young man, they would say it was, you were a better athlete, bigger, faster, stronger. You could dominate physically. than it was how many girls you can bang notches on your belt. 
and it was how much can you accumulate the the sneakers the car the the house the money the bank account and slowly but surely i was help them understand all of those things can be potentially taken away from you so let's base our masculinity around this idea of things that can be intrinsic things that could that can come within and then more than anything to do something to live in service of other people so that's a little bit of where building men started and um, it's interesting because Anthony's role in it for me was, and I'll let you jump in and talk about, but like during that time when you were a teenager and. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the biggest thing for me because I was, my brother was my idol growing up. You know what I mean? Like he would just talked about, he was like a father figure to me. So I was living proof of all this stuff that he was doing in school and I was doing it outside of school. And he's having these conversations with my friends and I, and um, he's kind of working side by side with me. And I just looked up to him so much. So he was kind of building me up. And I was going through this, you know, building men program, essentially learning all these things from him as we were doing this. And, you know, and then you could start off with the, the, the rest of it. Yeah. So with Anthony as almost like a guinea pig with everything yeah. that I was doing, I served this really interesting role where my father was very negatively involved in, in some respects in my life growing up. And with Anthony, he was very, it was involved. the complete opposite, yeah. right? So he was hands-on with my brother every sport, everything. He held them like he was in his face all the time. And he realized that he was over the top. So rather than finding a happy medium with me, he was completely hands off, not involved with any part of my life, pretty much in any, I didn't even know my father really. Yeah. So Barely we had, talked to you. yeah, we had two completely different experiences coming from the same parents, totally different lifestyles. So I recognized I needed to step in and, and fill the void that was, that was happening there with my younger brother. And so that was going on. And I was still doing this building men program in school. I recognized guys the first after the first year of this program being implemented. And I had most of the boys in the school that had joined the program. It was 150, 175 boys. They all joined this program. They were coming to school an hour early, once a week. And I, I was running shit, eight groups at the, you know, door, over, the, over the course of two weeks. I would have every day I would come to school an hour early and run a group with these young men. Over, after one year, the suspension rate in our school dropped 400%. And it was staggering and I, I said there's something with this there's some bigger message here and what I decided to do was was implement this full force so I I held leadership positions in three different schools as an assistant principal and two as a principal and I brought this program to these schools and I saw the tremendous impact that it had on the young men in the school and it's I still talk to so many of the kids today my first group of building men they're 30 31 years old right now and right, that's right yeah, around your yeah, age yeah. range. And I, I still, I, I see them at the gym. They come up, Mr. Morales, let's shake my hand. I remember when you taught us about how to tie a tie. Shit, I remember how you taught us how to change a tire during school. I remember when you talked to, to us about, you know, trusting in ourselves. And it's for me, it's so cool to see that. And then having, you know, my business partner, Anthony, is, is living a lot of those virtues that we talked about as well. So for me, that's where, the, where it started in, in schools. And I'll, I'll pause there. After you guys have any follow-up after that. Well, I'll say number one, I just uh respect the hell out of that dude. I mean, that's that's incredible. One for you to recognize it, um, what was going on within your own household or within your family, um, and th things that were lacking there that were important for your brother. Um, but then to you know, take on the responsibility, actually filling the gap. That's you know, early on when we started Shepherds of Men, one of the first things we always talked about was filling the gap. You know, that's part of the role of being a real man is you, you got to step into that, you know, wh wherever there's things lacking or missing and there's a male figure that needs to be present, then, you know, jump in and do it. So and then to take that and and really go, this is important, you know, to see that deficiency within your school system or school and students and everything and actually do something about it. I mean, that that says a ton about you in and of itself um because it, it's true you know i mean it's that again the the similarities in our mindset and and the things that we recognize are, are are very clear um you know we just when we were first talking about doing something ourselves, it was like we just want dudes to be better dudes like there's this epidemic of kids growing up without a father and so they're obviously weaker and like, not just weaker, like emotionally or, or whatever, but like, they don't know how to change a fucking tire. They don't, you know, they don't know how to tie a tie. Like there's yeah. all these little simple things that, you know, dads are supposed to do that, that they're missing. And then that kind of turns into bigger stuff down the road where they just don't know how to be a real man, you know? Um, 
So, man, kudos to you, dude. I think it's just the coolest thing in the world. And the fact that however many years later now, 10 years or something? Oh, shit. It started in 2005, so we're 17 years later. Holy cow. And it, it, it morphed a couple different times. There's different iterations of it. So it went from it was a boy social group in person. And now fast forward to 2019, I was a principal um, in a school district, and I was told by the superintendent, you can't – there's no more social groups. You need to change – you can't be doing that shit anymore. It's about the test scores – our standardized test scores need to be raised. You need to look at the curriculum, look at the lesson plans. You need to hold this, the teachers more accountable for making sure that they're addressing the state standards. And I was like, fuck, I can't do this. I, I couldn't do it anymore. I was living this inauthentic way. Stuff that I believed in and what I was asked to do were not on the same page. So I left public education in 2019. I started working as a consultant and as a coach. So I left a six-figure job, pension right around the corner, full benefits, and I rolled a dice, gambled on myself. And it was good for six months to a year. My marriage started to go downhill. And fast forward to uh, March of um, two years ago now, I'm in the middle of a divorce and the world shuts down. And I go from having, you know, I could have just coasted out for the next 10 to 12 years of my life. And now with COVID, I went from making a good six figure salary to zero in the middle of a divorce. So I had this moment, guys, where I was fucking lost. I was legit lost and not knowing what the next steps were. So now I'm looking at my kids and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I made such a huge mistake. I'm leaving my kids in a situation where dad can't fucking pay the bills. I, I was as depressed as I could have imagined being in my, my entire life. I put on a ton of weight. I was drinking every single day. I was watching. Porn. I was doing all the shit that men that you are helping men not do. I was living that life for a period of, of three months or so. And the, the, the way I could still remember very vividly, I heard this song, I'm, I'm driving one day in the middle of a, like a deep depression, crying my eyes out thinking, what the fuck did I do here? Leaving education. And I hear a song on the radio and the song was already gone by the Eagles. I'm talking about the fucking Eagles again, Jesus Christ. Well, well I, like <laughs> I hear this song and I've heard this song a thousand times working with my old man he's a painter you know we would listen to howard stern and classic rock and i remember i've heard this song already gone but I, there's this one moment where i remember the lyrics just hit me when i was in this down spot in my life and the lyrics were so oftentimes it happens that we live our lives in chains and we never even know we have the key and i was like holy shit i heard that and then i i played it again and i played it again played it again and it just, it, it stuck with me. I said, you know what? The key for me to change is inside of me. And what is that? What is the key? It's building men. So I left building men for a while and I was like in search of what I needed to do. And I found it and I said, I'm going to fucking do something with this. I'm going to do something with this. And at that time, I actually, I had to lean on my brother now when I'm, I'm in a space this big where- pile yeah. of, you know, <laughs> masturbating goo that, that he just rolls up to my apartment. <laughs> And, uh, and that's when I've, you know, he's camping out on my couch and like this guy who I'm look, you know, who I've looked up to my entire life, you know, now I have the ability to be that person for him, you know? So he was staying with me from time to, I don't know how many days it was. It was like three so days. Ago. As I was going to my divorce, we were selling our, the house where we were living. And it was, I was, I was with the kids for three days. And then I would go with my brother for three days. And my ex would come to the house. It was, so the kids didn't have any transition as the house was selling. They stayed where they were. And it was about six months we did that for as the house was selling. So three days, every other three days, I was with my brother and he was my motivation during that time. He was like, I've, I told him, I'm like, listen, dude, we got to start changing some of these habits, like start changing the things that you can control, which is your fitness, which is what you eat, which is how much you sleep, like giving a fuck about how you look and taking care of yourself, showing up for yourself first, if you're going to be able to do these things that you're trying to do for other people. Cause he just put himself in the back burner. He was just, can't, I mean, he had all this stuff on his plate and I'm like, dude, we have to start somewhere. So we'd wake up at four 30 in the morning and I work as a, I worked as a strength and conditioning coach at a school. So we'd walk into the gym every morning and I would, I would help him cook his meals. Like we were setting everything up and we were, we were kicking ass. Oh, for, I mean, that was like, you I lost. remember in the beginning, I couldn't do one pull up unassisted one. We I had like the, the biggest band. <laughs> that they made in the gym the one that like no one really knows what to do it's meant to like tow trucks we need like a team of people to pull it down around his legs so i could just get him up to the bar and i'm like dude this is a wake-up call yeah so i went from not being able to do one pull-up when i first moved in with my brother to completing a murph in the next three months yeah 
you know, and, and to me it was, and I went up when I was living with Anthony, I dropped 40 pounds and I just, it just kickstarted everything. And during that time as well, when I was like, what is the key? It was building men. I decided I'm going to start this podcast. I just thought like, in the beginning, I was like, I'll write a book. I'll do this. I'll do that. Let me start small. Let me figure out how to start a podcast. So taught myself how to do it and started recording July 1st of 2020. To me, it was the significance of independence day. I was like, I am going to start a podcast by independence day. And I beat that, that goal by, by three days. So I got my first episode out. I called it the decision. It was like nine minutes. And the beginning of the podcast was me with a script talking like a principal would talk to seventh grade kids. And slowly but surely, it started to change into what it is now. There was a couple delineating moments. One was I was living with you recording the podcast. You're like, dude, you got a lot here, but you got to fucking let loose, man. You got to like, just be the vulnerable and be you. And yeah, it was, that I made told it, that was, was like, shift. it sounds like you're just you reading off Wikipedia or something. It was like, it didn't sound authentic. And all these things that he's talking about is being authentic, being true to yourself. And he's sitting there with a script in front of him with every single thing mapped out, like right. laugh here, pause, <laughs> do this. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like it's great information, but fuck, like right. if people are going to listen, they're going to listen because of you and nobody knows yeah. who you are. So I'm like, tell your story yep. in the podcast itself. Absolutely. And then what happened from that point, it slowly morphed into me being like, all right, this is my shit. Let me just put it all out there on the table. Let's talk real about it. What can I do to help support other people? And then learned how to do the interview via Zoom. Again, me and Anthony do everything. We do all the audio vid video ourselves. We, we taught ourselves how to do it. We recorded the podcast from 13 different locations in like four different states. Mm -hmm. And one of them was a closet. Like it was a total shit show for a long time. And then I brought Anthony. And I said, why don't you co-host with me? So then we started co-hosting together, doing episodes, just me and Anthony, and then bringing on guests. And now we talk to men from all over the world. And it's it's point it's past that point of like momentum now it's like it's people are reaching out to us hey how can we get on your show what can we do it it was it wasn't easy it wasn't pretty but it was absolutely worth it guys one of the um, to me it's it's definitely my mission and the fact that i was able to like help my brother through shit when he was growing up and then i had to lean on him at my lowest point in my life and he helped me through that and now we're we're doing it together as, as brothers is pretty cool Yep. Planted those seeds early on, man. It's, it's amazing that, you know, I tell people that all the time, like just be patient. You know, one of the, one of the, um, the ethos that, that we teach, um, for influential men is, is tenacity. And, and one of the things that's, that's in tenacity, um, is patience, which seems kind of counter counterintuitive when you think of tenacity, patience doesn't necessarily seem like it fits in there, but ultimately you got to work your face off and then leave all the results up to God, you know, and that's, that's the big thing for us. You know, you plant your seeds and then have faith that that will grow later and it, you'll, you know, you'll reap your harvest. And, and that's a, that's a really good example of, you know, pouring into your brother and planting all those seeds and stuff. And then later on, when you were hungry, the harvest was there. Um, yep. You know, that's, that's pretty badass. So what, what's the, um, what's the lesson learned from all that, from all that shit that you went through and stuff? Like if you, if you had to kind of boil that down to what you learned and what you really changed about your life, put you on the spot for, a little bit yeah well for me there's been a couple of huge lessons one was the idea of authenticity mm -hmm. and to to being 100 who you are not worrying about what other people think of, about you that was a, a a lesson that it took me 40 something years to truly learn um in my position you know in my previous <clears throat> marriage and in, in my position as a principal a lot of times i was doing things to make other people happy i was trying to smooth things over and I got slapped in the face with this reality. The only way it's truly going to work. And if you're going to lead your family is you have to be brutally authentic. Even if people don't like it, that's up to them. That's their bullshit. And the other life lesson that I've learned is we have this, this unbelievable capability of resiliency as human beings. And it's the way that I end every single episode. And it's go one step further than you thought you can go. And our mindset limits us in so many ways. And so many times we are, we get to this point and we give up. And as a principal, I would say that to the kids all the time, go a step further than you thought you can go. And then once they're there, I'm like, yeah, you fucking made it. Go a step further. Well, I'm there already. No, no, no. Go one step further than you thought you could go. And that's a continual thing and a process of growth as well. Yeah. Dude, big, I, go ahead, Cam. It's my turn, JP. I want to talk. Ahead. All right, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> We're basically brothers. If if uh, 
my arms were bigger. You would think. You were a lady. <laughs> um, I thought those were your legs, JP. God oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> popping right on there. <laughs> his head is pretty close to his ass most times. Right down there. Slow pitch that shit. Man. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. I lobbed it up there for me. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was going to talk about now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Go ahead. Yeah, your turn. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you, Cam. But no, I mean, in, in all seriousness, I, we're, we're a big proponent of, of when your passion, your purpose is very clear to you, and then you align your, your thoughts, your speech, you know, your, your, your actions together with your thoughts. That's, that's how you become genuine. When that shit's, if any of that is off. That, that's when you don't look genuine, right? Like yep. you can, you can talk a big game, but if your actions don't line up and you know, if you're doing shit and you don't truly believe people can feel that, you know? So when you have all that stuff aligned, which takes, which, which takes a painful process of looking inside, right? Cause we're all fucked up. I mean, we, we all have issues. We all have past trauma. We all have problems that we have to face and deal with. Um, and it, it requires you to go through a lot of that shit to start to become genuine. And then part of it is just not really giving a fuck, right? Like, I don't care what you think. Um, you know, obviously I respect you as a person, just like everybody else, but you can praise my name or you can kick my name through the mud. It doesn't really mean shit to me. Um, you know, and, and that, that old adage, right? Like don't take advice or from, from people that you wouldn't switch place with or criticism, right? Either way it goes. Um, so sorry, Cam didn't mean to steal your thunder there. My head. Well, that was way, I mean, that was way deeper than what I was going to say. So <laughs> the value added to the podcast was worth it, worth interrupting me, but I do want to add to it. Um, so I think where a lot of people miss it, I was having this conversation with my wife last night is, you know, we all get so caught up in the things that we're concerned about, uh, you know, our, our quote unquote inadequacies or our deficiencies or the things where we think we're not as, you know, whatever. And we all have that stuff, you know, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, you know, it, it's different for everybody, but there's those things that we feel like we've got to kind of hide, especially as dudes, you know, cause we got to be real guarded as dudes. And, and the truth of the matter is, is it, when you are willing to drop all that bullshit and truly be authentic and genuine is when you actually can connect with people and lead people, you know, when you can actually be vulnerable, because that's when other people go, when you're, you know, when you're up there and you look like you got it all together, it sounds good, but there's something in everybody, I believe, because it's been in me. When I see somebody like that, I'm like, nah, it's bullshit. Like there's, I mean, it's good. I'm glad, like, I'm glad he's, you know, putting on a, a happy face and, everything's great and he's going to figure it out. He's got a positive mental attitude and that's awesome. But the truth of the matter is he's dealing with shit too, you know? And when people can really open up and say, this is one thing I love about our pastor at our church. He's always been very vulnerable about not only his past, but who he is as a man now, you know, shortcomings now. And uh, it, it's, it makes it a lot easier to follow somebody like that because you understand, like I can relate to that, you know? And I think as the four of us are continuing to, uh, progress in our movements and, and what we feel like we've been called to do to lead men and build men as you guys are, are named aptly. It, it, we have to be straight up vulnerable. Like, I love the fact that you're talking about, you know, issues with porn or, you know, even joking about masturbating glob or whatever, you know, like the fact <laughs> the matter is dude, like every dude deals with that shit, you yep. know? And, and to, to be able to get on here and say it like really shows true courage and strength in my opinion appreciate that yeah and that's it's one of the things with our podcast that um i believe is is a strength is our vulnerability with it and i do believe like when we talk about masculinity it's the the balance of the yin and yang of strength and vulnerability be able to stand steadfast and take care and you mentioned to be to fill the gap knowing in that same space there are going to be times that you need to lean into brothers you need to lean into friends and to and and that's okay there, there's such a long time. I wanted it to look a certain way from the outside, the way between my job, the, you know, my, the family, the, the wife, the three kids, the dog, the, the house on the top of the hill, the car, the, the job, the, even being a principal, it carried a certain level of, you know, that I made a certain amount of money, you know, I have this certain education. It has a level of, of prestige or something along with it. So to me, it looked a certain way, but it was a house of cards. And I was building on this, this unsteady foundation. I needed to fucking knock that whole shit down and recognize, like dig down and see why the fuck, how did I get here? And then what do I need to do to get out of it? And it was like being vulnerable enough to lean on my 14 year younger brother and be like, dude, I need some fucking help right now. 
I'm really struggling with a lot of shit. I, um, I don't know how to get out of it. I, I need you to, to bring me up. I need you to be the ladder to, to do that for me. It wasn't easy to do that. But one of the biggest things that happened in my life was, was my brother picking me up out of that dark spot. And now what I'm able to do is use the strength that he saw in me to now help other people. It's, it was one of the biggest moments in my entire life was that, that time. And that was like the one blessing, if you could say that out of, uh, out of COVID when everything shut down was that it forced everyone to start to look inward, right? We got everything taken away from us, right? All of a sudden my job was not deemed essential as a strength and conditioning coach. That's not good enough to, for me to work anymore. So I had to be like, all right, so this identity that I was linked up with as a strength and conditioning coach, as you know, I, I broke up with the, my, my significant other that I was with Dennis was going through a divorce, lost his job, like all of these things that we were linked up to were then taken away. And then it was like, who am I? You had to sit there and sit in your shit and you didn't have anywhere else to go. And that was scary as hell to do, but it opened up so many doors that I don't think I would have ever had access to or ever even peek through if this didn't happen because I would have just been on autopilot. I just, the job, this, the setup, and I just would keep going my head down and all of a sudden my whole life would pass me by and I don't know what happened. So that in itself, I'm so grateful for. This whole process has just been like, I wouldn't ask it to go any other way because of where I am right now. Yep. And we yeah. said that early on, we're like, man, there's going to be huge blessings that come out of this. And, you know, to, to the average person, that sounds really fucking stupid. Um, and let's, we'll, we'll be honest with you. Like we lost one of our brothers during that time, you know, from, from medical complications. One of the co-founders of, of Shepherds of Men passed away last September. Um, uh, and with COVID, I don't know if I'm, if because of COVID, but with COVID for sure. And it didn't help the other uh, medical challenges that were there. So, you know, you go, well, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm glad this happened. Like, it sounds stupid, but like, listen, for me and JP, we know homeboys having a lot more fun than we are right now. Like he's just waiting on us to come party with him. So in the grand scheme of things in eternity, um, you know, we miss him right now, but it's just such a blink. But, uh, but like you said, I think the biggest thing is with, um, such forced change in life, um, your ego has to be dropped. And what Dennis, what you were saying, um, just before that, Anthony was big. It's like you, you were willing to drop your ego. It goes back to the vulnerability thing, you know? Um, and, and you, you're right. You can't do it alone. Um, I think we all need to be strong. You want to build strong men. We want to build strong men and we want to be able to take on the world. But the fact is I can probably only take on the world or charge hell with a squirt gun. If I have somebody that's just to the left and the right of me. Like that's probably the only, I mean, even the Spartans, like they had a shield in one hand and a sword in the other one Yeah. and the Absolutely. shield protected the dude to their left. Right. So Absolutely. has to be that way. Yeah. You get, you come back without your sword um, and you get punished, you come back without your shield and you're banished kind of mentality because your shield protects the man next to you and the sword protects you. Um, I want to go back real quick to something that you said that I think is the most retarded thing I've ever, not that you said that was retarded, but the, the idea of the fact that a man that that deals with purely health and wellness. Oh, yeah. No. Getting people healthy and that. stuff like that is a non-essential <laughs> yep. job during a pandemic yep. when people mm -hmm. are that are unhealthy are, are dying because of sicknesses and stuff like that. Like, oh, my God, let's stay at home and eat McDonald's. That's You're how right. we're going to combat yeah. this shit. We're yeah. going to put a lot of McDonald's in us. And we're going to say, I'm, I'm a big proponent of the health and wellness stuff. And we, mm. we don't have to get into all that. But that's another really big factor, too, that we we talk about, like, if your foundation is solid, I love how you said house of cards. I, I, I talk about that all the time because a lot of what we do in the men reforged program and the reforged aspect of it is building character in men and character is your foundation, right? So if you have cracks in your foundation or you, or you have this fake foundation that you have about you and all you have is personality ethics and stuff, and there's no character, there is substance. It, it'll keep falling over, right? Like you'll get so far. I'm not, and, and not, not that you can't like, there's people that have personality ethics that can sell and make money and stuff like that, but shit collapses constantly. The only way to progress in life is to have a really strong character base. And then from there you can build on that. You know, like if you think about a skyscraper and things of that nature. So that's a really good analogy, uh, you know, that, to use whenever you say, Hey, everything that I built was kind of hollow. 
you know, and that's, it takes a lot to say that, you know, you fall back and, and kind of like we were talking about with humility, you know, and being honest. And, and uh, one of our mentors says it all the time. He's the most powerful man in the room is the one that ain't got shit to hide. Like when you, when you got everything out there and you're genuine and you ain't got shit to hide, like that's the dude you need to be afraid of. He's the most powerful guy in the room. The other guys that are hiding all this shit, they give up all their power, right? Now, now you're hiding behind shit and, and you're not who you truly are and you can't live within yourself and you, you relinquish your power in that case, you know, and, and a lot of them, they can put on this show and put this, you know, song and dance on and shit. But when they go home, they cry and jerk off with their tears as lubricant, um, you know, and that's, that's kind of how that shit works, uh, you know, and that's, that's where a lot funny of the clients, true. It, it is, it is funny because it's true, but you know, the, the clients that we work with in a lot of cases, they're successful quasi successful, which you would consider successful, successful to the outside world. And, and the fact of the matter is it's all a facade. And that's one of the things that I think kids, and, and, and I want to get back to the kids. Cause that's something that, that you guys specialize in. That's something that I hate about today's society is we we've redefined what a man is, right? We've redefined what masculinity is. We've, we've redefined, well, hell we, now we've got 400 different genders and shit else and everything else that's that's within life that these kids see that they're bombarded with is all bullshit like go rent a ferrari and take a picture and you'll be successful like mm -hmm. that that kind of stuff like just just drives me up the wall because then, then these kids get so confused because they don't know any better right like these people are selling them bullshit online and you know all this stuff that just you know, it takes time, you know, building this stuff takes time and it takes patience and it takes work ethic and it takes tenacity, you know, and, and you build confidence through daily tasks and stuff like that and try to get across these guys, these really successful individuals that are kicking ass at life that are really winning. They're no better than you. They just do what they're supposed to do every single day to accomplish the goal that they have in the long term, right? They've got vision. They understand what they want to accomplish. And then every day they execute. They don't do anything crazy. They just execute every day. They don't go to the bars on the weekends and, and get fucked up all weekend long and then try to start over on Monday because it doesn't work. It just sets you back. You know, what the hell are you celebrating? You haven't reached your goals. You know, so I, I want to talk about a little bit of how, how you how you work with kids, because I like I want to see what you've seen with working with them and stuff like that. That's really you believe is truly impacting kids today that really has to change. So it went from me being in the school on the ground level, working with with young men doing the building men program as a principal and it has morphed into now doing workshops doing where we're actually going to depending on the the time this this airs uh you said end of april ish we're doing a free virtual event for young men april 8th uh 6 p.m eastern time where that'll be the the kickoff just to give people an idea of what it'll be but then two times a month We'll be doing a virtual event around these pillars of masculinity and each month there will be a specific topic that we'll we'll discuss and one of the two meetings per month we will have a guest mentor in to talk about self-discipline to talk about perseverance to talk about the daily habits jp that you had mentioned stacking those daily habits and what you could do on a regular basis and we believe this is the next big thing so what we're doing is we're creating a community of young men and we're looking at any, anywhere between 15 and 23 24 years old to so that high school college age range and developing this brotherhood feel where they can come together normalize the shit that they're going through instead of hiding it and sweeping it under the carpet put it out there on a the table and we're going to share our shit with them right off the bat and we're we are not hiding anything when you own your story it's fucking powerful then no one could hold it against you. Like you, then there's no fear in the story because you can say, here's my shit. I'm owning it right now. So try to use it against me because I'm using it as a strength of mine. I'm using it as, as something that, that's powerful in, in me and, and what I'm doing moving forward. So this is, that's, that's the next step of it. We also coach individual clients. So we'll work with, with people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I coach fathers and sons as well. Like how do I, I'll work with a father, work with a son, and then we do some things together more in the you know the, the mindset work and then anthony will do that as well more in the physical fitness um spirituality like meditation breath work work as well oh yeah awesome dude i i see so um jp you're probably seeing the same thing like it's just so cool to it's almost like looking in the mirror and don't take that the wrong way we're not trying to hype you that much but uh, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just <laughs> no, dude. Seriously, I, like I only mess with people I respect. So, um, it, it's just neat because 
one thing that we have felt that has been a, a power for us, uh, a superpower for us, is that we are so like-minded and there's two of us. And, you know, and you guys have probably even a deeper, because of, you know, being blood brothers and then the gap in age and then the story you were talking about, about having each other's back and pulling each other up and um, to be so in alignment uh, for the mission that you have and to have your your uh, niche you know, responsibilities with that, that you're, you're more, um, take ownership of or whatever. It, it's just, I'm, I'm kind of rambling, but I just, I think it's so cool, man. I really do. I think it's super, super cool. And it's neat to, to see it because we feel very similar to that, that, uh, yeah. that's what we can bring to the table. And I love that it's, <clears throat> you know, we can, I'm just, I know we're recording and there's a podcast, people are listening to this, but now I'm just wanting to talk about like, dude, we can do some cool shit together. Like, you know, like because we are so like-minded and so in alignment with our, with our vision and we have kind of two different demographics, like we could really piggyback and make some really cool things happen together. So I'm looking forward to that. And you're Absolutely. welcome yes, for being and, in yeah. on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And when you think about it, what the, a lot of the, the biggest problems in the world today are the problems with, with men, like the shit that we are do, doing and not doing, 100%. just did a post up on Instagram. It was the, the, the quote, it was, um, Hard men. times create, uh, create weak men, weak men, or what? What's the post again? What is it? It's Hard times, times create strong men. Strong men, strong men create, create good, good, times, times, good times. Good times yeah. create weak men. Yeah. Weak men create hard times. Hard True. times create strong men. That, yeah, that, that and we are cycle. in hard weak times men, right now. Not even knowing what a man is at this point. You know what I mean? Like literally, right. like literally, not, biologically, yeah. can't even identify. <laughs> like if you don't think that's gonna fuck up uh, a child, someone who's going through these years that are already difficult enough, and then throw on top of that social media throw on top of that all these other people out there speaking about things that just again they don't matter right and there's so much more to life than what they're seeing and right now this the cell phone is the parent most of the time right so they're the one who are literally they're on their phone all day long they're on social media all these influencers are having a huge impact on our kids lives and usually it's not in a good way right so if we can be some source of light right? Some source of, you know, showing kids that there's more to it. And if we could kind of flood their, their feed with something that's a value, then God, that would just change it so much. And what, what we're doing hopefully can help bridge that gap between when the guys get to you, if, if someone were to get to them a little bit earlier, not that we're trying to put you out of business by solving the problems when they're 17, 18, 19 years old. So there's, they're not, there's plenty of people with issues. <laughs> right. There's endless supply of it. And yeah. what we're trying to do is recognize that for, for young men, especially. So I have a son who's 17 years old talking to him real and fucking raw about everything. We like laid a lot on the table. And I think that that's, what's attractive about what we do is we don't bullshit. We're like, listen, you're going to fucking see a girl in class and her fucking cleavage is hanging out. You're gonna be like, I want to bang that chick. Like, you're going to think that I'm not going to say, Oh, tuck your head down and pray to the Lord. Like we talk about it as real as it can possibly get, but recognize like, okay, what do you do with that then? Like, how do you, how do you normalize that for the kids? But also say like, what are the, how can you take a positive out of these negative situations? And we're also helping them understand the antiquated, how our father came home from work where blue collar worker came home, you know, it's all about him. Where's my fucking turkey pot pie and my fucking beer, bitch? And then sit on the couch with his hand in his pants, watch Archie Bunker and go to bed. And when rinse, wash, repeat. Completely disconnected from the family and the kids. Yeah. So that was like, there's that, like that, that side of it all the way over to now we see like happy wife, happy life. What can I, you know, yeah. Like, can I, can I walk behind you and carry your purse with a, with a little fluffy dog and offending everyone? Yeah. They're both fucking horrible. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do you get in that middle spot where you can, you can have feelings and it's okay. Let's normalize that, but fucking do the shit and be strong and have those daily routines and those habits and stand strong, like a fucking tree in that space. And that's what we're, that's what we're doing. So we can help normalize that for young men think about how much powerful how much more powerful they will be when they're in their late 20s 30s 40s yeah Yeah, for sure yeah we have so and we've got an abundance mindset right so the thing that and i can i can speak for cam on this because we've talked about this several times 
we we don't see other guys that are doing this the same thing in our realm as competition by any means because there is by far not enough of us doing this we need more guys doing this and and the reason that we're in the situation that we're in is because a bunch of guys are passive nowadays so somebody comes up and does some kind of like some of the stuff that that's that's going on right now in society is just unbelievably outlandish just I, like I seriously sometimes look at it and go like, you're fucking with me, right? Like you're doing this just to fuck like this with is us, made up. Just, yeah. just to see what you can get away with. And, and some of the stuff is just, I mean, it, it's, it's mind blowing, right? Like it's, it's, it's in your face. It's like, they come up, just slap you in the face and go, is he going to move? You know? And, and that's, and, and that's where, where we're at in society. And some of that is a result of absentee fathers, right? Like they, they were there at the house, but they were absent, right? Like they weren't, they weren't around. They never, they never learned how to treat a girl, you know, and stuff like that. Like they never learned game, a big part of a, like what you talked about, the girl with the cleavage, like, oh man, I'd like to bang that chick. That's a normal feeling. It's okay to feel that way, but you don't go up and slap her on the ass and say, Hey, come here, bitch. I'm about to, you know, yep. you know whatever you open the door for you, you know, you, you act like a man, like you do what you need to do. You respect that woman, but a lot of kids have never had that, that example in their life. You know, they don't, they don't, they never saw how a woman should be treated and stuff. And, and then, you know, they, they carry that with them, you know, cause nobody ever stepped up and gave them as our mentor says a dick kick, you know, I was like, Hey dude, Hey fucker, stop dude. And that accountability is yeah. not there either. Right. Cause we're worried about offending somebody or, Oh, don't hurt his feelings. Oh, fuck his mm-hmm. feelings, man. I don't care about his feelings. It, wrong is wrong, man. Like, and, and I don't care. And I'll, I'll say that. I'll say that to anybody. Dude, wrong is wrong. I, I call people out all the time and I'm not walking around being a dickhead. Like, hey, Stop talking to your wife like that. I mean, that's that's none of my business and stuff. But I mean, if it if it gets carried away or whatever, I'll make smart comments. We talk about this all the time. You know, we win every conversation we we have. Like you walking up, you say hi to somebody just to you know be a nice individual, and they grunt at you or something like that. Like, hey, good talk. <laughs> wow, nice vocabulary, and then walk off. You know, you win the conversation. I don't have to create a com- confrontation or anything like that. But when I walk away, I want that fucker to remember. Like, hold on, wait a minute. Yeah, that was kind of stupid. I shouldn't have done that. Well, yeah, it comes down to you know this whole thing is because of weak men, we're in the situation we're in, and 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 really, I I put a lot of things um, in my mind about my kids, what they see me do, and how they see me act, what they hear me say, and all that kind of stuff, and just the way that I live my life. And I don't want my kids to see a father or a man that just lets stuff go. I really don't, you know, sometimes it drives my wife crazy. She's like, just don't, 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 don't say anything. I'm like, no, it's, it's not right to not say anything. Like JP said, we're not like trying to start shit, but the fact is we're where we are as a society and a culture because people aren't holding people accountable. And, and so if somebody does something stupid in front of me, I'm not going to say, Hey, stupid. I'm going to say, Hey, did you mean to do this? Like, I'm going to make it clear. Like, did you mean to say this or were you trying to do this? Because I feel like that's probably what you should have done. And, you know, and I want my son to go somewhere internally go, damn, he just called him out and he didn't call him out to be an asshole. He called him out because he's trying to help him learn. Maybe, you know, whether the dude learns or not, doesn't matter. But the worst thing that could happen is for my son to go, man, that was really wrong. And my dad didn't say shit about it. Absolutely. You know, so often you hear, you would hear the the phrase, don't sweat the small stuff. And I get it. If, if you were, perseverating over something that's making you anxious and your thoughts and your feelings. I get that part of it. But if you are raising a child, you fucking sweat the small stuff. You sweat every fucking small thing that's going on because if you don't, the small stuff becomes the big stuff. And if you're looking the other way, you are, you're acknowledging that that it's okay by your absence of, of a reaction. So it's, it'll, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of testicular fortitude to be able to do that, but you fucking step up and, and sweat the small stuff every single time. And my boundaries. friends in Mississippi, that boundaries. means balls. Yeah, yeah boundaries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you you become what you tolerate, right? Like, yeah. That's 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 the thing. You become what you tolerate, and and I would I would agree with you on that about sweating the small stuff. I I would change that phrase. And one of the things that I always say is, don't dwell on the small stuff. You should sweat the small stuff, and you should address the small stuff. But the small things should not linger with you all day long, right? Like you address the small things when they happen, and they won't linger, right? Like don't right. dwell on it. And most of the time when we, dr- we dwell on it is because we're trying to keep the peace. We're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to say anything. That was kind of confrontational. I don't want to say anything in that situation. No, fuck that, man. Get it out. Your mental peace is more important than the, the peace around. If you know you're right, I mean, if you're, if you're just an asshole, that's a whole other story, you know, and that's, um, you know, you know if you're an asshole, um, you know, but I, yeah, I, would, I would agree with that whole you know, we, we miss the times when if you said something, 
you got punched in the mouth, you know, oh. metaphorically, whatever way you want to look at it. But literally, I wouldn't say certain things because I knew if I said it, there was going to be repercussions. Not enough men are getting punched in the mouth for saying some stupid shit because someone else is scared about their feelings or this or that. And it's just creating, you know, what we're in right now. And it's Tyson tried to fix that on the plane the other day, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that? God. Yeah. He wore that. I was so out, happy. Man. I was like, yeah. hey, what you get? You know, what you get. Did y'all see that video? I didn't. What was it? This kid sitting behind yeah, Mike Tyson, fucking with Mike Tyson. Oh, messing with great him. idea. And then he then he turns around and like pops his kid like eight times. And he's all frowning afterwards. And someone's like, "Dude, what do you think? We don't live in a virtual world. There is a real world out there. Like you might be able to sit behind your username like Dark Dragon Four Seventy Two and be able to talk shit to everybody on the planet, <laughs> but you can't do that in real life. Let's let's yep. be honest. Ninety percent of the conversations that happen on social media and and all these social justice warriors and stuff wouldn't happen face to face you gotta change your username now anthony my favorite's when you're having that conversation with that guy about business or something like that and you're like hey man let me get your email I'll send you some information yeah. that you have and yeah. he's like, uh, <clears throat> big yeah. pimpin 69 at hotmail.com like, bro Dude, no you gotta no get joke. a new <laughs> no joke i think i've told this in one of our early episodes but no joke when i was first getting into the entrepreneurial world and I linked up with like, uh, it's still a great friend of mine and JP's today, but he's like one of the most professional, clean cut, like well-rounded. I mean, just great dude. He's like a brother, but he's like one of those guys where it's just, is, is there anything wrong with you? You're just kind of perfect, you know? And so, and he was a mentor of mine in business. So I was like just new to business and I was trying to be real respectful of his time and appreciative. And I introduced him to this other dude that we might be working with and um, he wanted to shoot him an email and the other guy goes, uh, yeah, yeah. My email's tapping ass 86 at, and I'm just like, Fuck. like, and I look over at Paul, I'm like, I'm sorry, dude, this, this ain't the guy. Yeah, <laughs> right. like, like just make something up or say, I don't use email. Right. <laughs> Anything. So yeah. Mail me a letter. Yeah, yeah so exactly. I, exactly. So, so where, where, where are parents missing the boat? Like when you guys are, when you, you said you work with, you work with dads and, and their kids and stuff like where, where do you see t today that, that parents are kind of missing the boat? First thing is not letting your children fail, mm. not letting your children fall down and understand what it takes to persevere, to be resilient, to pick yourselves back up as a principal. It was one of the biggest struggles I had was the parents would come in and, and fight for the grade to be six points higher or for the kid not to get the detention or for to mediate the situation. And I would say, listen, the only way your child's going to learn that they are capable is by handling the situation. So let them get the F. The F in seventh grade social studies doesn't mean a goddamn thing. It doesn't. The, the lesson is perseverance. The lesson is what is it going to take to get that to, to be successful? And if your ass isn't, isn't doing what, it need, you, what you need to be doing, make an adjustment here. So when I would say to the parents, let them fail, let them go through that and they could fail forward. They could learn something from that situation. To me, that's one of the biggest things with parents. The second thing is you are, you need to be a support for your kids. You need to be there as a, as a safety net for them. You need to help them go through the difficult things, but you are not your kid's friend. You are not their friend. You can be friendly with your kids. You want to lead them. You want to be a role model, an example, but that it has to stop with you. You don't want to upset them by holding them accountable by handing out a consequence to them. And a lot of that is teaching your kids self-discipline. Like what, what does that take to, for the kids to understand what self-discipline truly means? Dude, I would let my kids hang out around you any day of the week. Those seriously, like those are two of the biggest things for us, for, for JP and I both JP talks about all the time. Like he kicks his kids over when they're, you know, too, they haven't quite learned how to walk yet. He'll like intentionally knock them over because he wants to learn how to fail and get back up, you know? Um, and he keeps having them. So he keeps getting to do this. I think it's just entertainment at some point, but, um, but, but, but the other piece about not being your friend, I've got three boys and I have told like four, six and 16, I've told every single one of them probably starting around two years old. Well, my, my 16 year old is my stepson. He was at seven when we got married, but the other, the others super, super young. I was telling them it is my responsibility to be your father, to teach you how to be a real man, to, to teach you the lessons of life and to be an example and all this kind of stuff. There's nothing in there that I have ever read or seen or heard or been taught that says that you got to like me. Like I, you will love me. We, we will have a great relationship. I'm a very loving father. I hug and kiss on my kids all the time. I mean, like we're, we're close, but they understand that we're not boys. 
like there's a father and a son relationship and it's very very important and i remind them of that if they ever forget it because it's so true me and my dad super super tight and i'm in my 40s like i'm a grown-ass man but my dad's still here like we can sit around and have a beer together and and chit chat and shoot the breeze do whatever go hunting together and and have be friendly but at the end of the day it's pop's house like what he says goes and i and i follow because he's proven to be a good leader you know but i I mean that dude i can get on that soapbox all day long (laughs) yeah and and just to clear the air like i don't like kick my kids like not like drop kick but i mean you get a i mean it's more like a field goal (laughs) like they stand up and they're a little wobbly and stuff i'll push them over because then they got to get back up again and i push them over and they get back up again and stuff and you know there's it builds up some resilience there and then builds up their balance and everything and i think that there's a lot of a lot of studies that show that that kids that are you know wrestled with and and their their fathers are aggressive with them yeah. at a young age learn how to handle aggression they learn like how to play and when to be serious and stuff like that and they learn how to control their emotions more um and and tend to be happier when they get older you know and you know I, i've got three boys i just had a daughter i might i might be just as hard if not harder on her uh, cause ultimately when she gets older, you know, like I don't want her to be, Oh, I'm an independent woman. Cause I think that's bullshit too. I think ultimately I hope that she attracts a good guy one day and she's not going to do that as an independent woman, but I do want her to be okay with herself. You know, like that's the thing I want her to be feel strong enough where she can, she can confide in herself and attract a guy that's really strong and stuff like that. That's, that's successful and has the right characteristics that need, you know, need to be there, but that like having, having a daughter, you know, it, it was one thing like having three boys, I had to worry about three dicks. Now I got to worry about all the dicks and you know, and that's <laughs> all the dicks. Just that's saying a, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> I have two daughters awful. of my own. I don't want to, I don't want to hear that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's well, interesting guys. You, you mentioned about, you know, even that putting your kids through those situations, you know, knocking them over shit like that. Jordan Peterson talks about one of the most important things that we can do as a parent is to let our children do dangerous things carefully yep. let them go through those right now parents the other thing to close the loop on that we put our kids in a bubble we don't want them to to get hurt we don't want them to fall down they need to experience that they like metaphorically we need to let them fall down as far as like not getting a grade in school or not like feeling the consequence but literally falling down let them fucking go in the jungle gym and do this shit if they're still jungle gyms i don't even know if they're fucking called uh, that anymore i don't, I don't even know. know but they're like to let them explore and experience and but do it in a careful way. So if they're climbing on something, all right, you sit back, you let them do it. And so like, oh, baby, please don't do that. No, no, no. Let them, let them try that shit. That's how they're going to learn. And they're going to develop that self-confidence by doing those dangerous things in a careful way. And you're hurting them by oh, yeah. coddling them and mm-hmm. keeping them in this bubble. You're not helping them. Because at some point, that little boy is going to be a grown-ass sad man who, you know, needs help and is going to be looking for and has no one to turn to because he's still a child at heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're waiting for his nanny to pull her tit out of his mouth. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I actually I, I read something just recently that was talking about, you know, kind of a you know, parenting. Cause I believe that parenting is a a continuous study. You have to be a student of being a parent. You don't like, oh, okay, I've got these five things and now I'm gonna be a good parent. Like it's it's a it. constant, yeah. It's a constant study, but <laughs> excuse me. I was reading something that said, you know, like telling your kids to be careful is really detrimental to them. Like, don't, don't constantly tell your kids like, be careful, be careful, be careful. Cause then it makes them extremely cautious about everything. The better thing to do is say, be smart about what you're about to Mm -hmm. do. Just be smart about what you're about to do. Take risks. Absolutely. I encourage you to take risk. I encourage you to screw up, but screw up full speed and calculated. Like think about what you're about to do. Anticipate what's going to happen. You know, and, and just be smart about what you do, because when you tell them to be careful, they start to go, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. You know, but when you say just be smart about it, then it's like, OK, so maybe I should think mm-hmm. about this. You know, just I a love little, that point. A little, yeah, a little tidbit I was reading on the plane, actually. Just took notes yeah. from you, Josh. Yeah, that's good yes. stuff. And, 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 and the I idea of, of taking risks, teaching kids the uh, potential successes that are going to come with taking risks instead of being stuck in the you know the box of fear their entire life being afraid to do something that is outside of their comfort zone so you talk about things that they asked uh it was like a study done where they asked people at you know in in the twilight of their years what 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 is a piece of advice that you would give to your younger self and it was you know invest more in the relationships not so much in the work um it was do something 
to leave a legacy. So something that your name will be perpetuated on with the next generation and to take a fucking risk to, to, to do that, to, to put yourself out there, to, to, to take that risk and believe in yourself, bet on yourself. Not as many people do that as need to do that. No, I agree with that hundred percent. There's no doubt about that. I know Warren Buffett was talking about that. Um, uh, I can't remember where I was reading something that he had, he had wrote and he was talking about how much time that he spent with obviously extremely wealthy people. Um, and he said, I've seen a lot of really, really wealthy, successful men that you would consider successful die with an insane amount of regrets and just very empty inside. And I've seen a lot of guys that have, you know, decent for themselves, nothing, nothing crazy, but they've raised wonderful children and done it right and died like just on cloud nine, because at that point in time, which we obviously have not seen yet, because we, we haven't, we haven't really like grasped the mortality thing, but I think once you get to a certain age, you start to grasp like, Hey, like this, this is going to kill you, right? Like you're all in like this is going to kill you eventually. Like there's no way out. There's death and taxes. Those are the only two things that you can guarantee in life. And he said, but these people that, that, that raised great kids and invested in their kids and invested in the next generation, the legacy, like what you're talking about. And, he, and, and if you don't have kids, you can invest in other people and create that legacy with other people and, and, you know, and, and invest in them constantly. Those were the people that died, you know, on cloud nine that were very fulfilled and it didn't matter what their bank account said. I think Denzel Washington made that comment. Like you'll never see a U-Haul following a hearse. Um, you can't take the shit with you, man. When you die, you're done. Right. And, and uh, I, I, that, I took that to heart big time. You know, I've got four kids. Uh, but on top of that, you know, my goal is to make other men better, like and, and genuinely make them better. Like if their lives are better, like I impact thousands of men and stuff like that. Like, how can you not die happy? Amen. Well, I mean, I ask that question all the time these days. Like, I just look at social media or whatever, or you know, people at the gas station, and I go, "How did how did that happen?" <laughs> you know, so like something that seems so logical. I think uh, the question you asked, JP, is yeah. I mean, it would make total sense to people like you and I. And I'm excited about the four of these men on here continuing to create the ripple effect which will move into the next generations and the legacy that will be built there that will have the majority mindset going why wouldn't we want to do that as opposed to so so like a, a selfless mindset as opposed to a selfish which is really where we're at currently you know so um guys i i uh am enjoying the hell out of this if you couldn't tell and could continue talking to you but here's the here's the cool thing i and jp and you can you can cut me off if you want to i really want to stop the conversation here and here's why i know next week we are getting back on with you guys for your podcast and i'd love for our listeners to feel like they didn't get to hear the this end of this conversation which they won't unless they come over to the next recording which will be on your podcast love building men okay Absolutely. so if, if, and I would, before we head out, obviously tell our folks where they can find you, social media, podcasts, platforms, whatever, um, so they can come check you out. So you can find Anthony Dark Dragon 43. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, for, for me, it's, uh, it's on Instagram is building.men. That's where I'm the most active. Uh, buildingmen.io is our website is uh, the building men website and then my instagram is uh, at coach anthony Moralda. perfect perfect and you said you have an event coming up may 8th yeah, yeah. it's a free virtual coaching event for young men um you could all the information it's is called on our the website. tribe of brothers yeah and we'll we would love to have you guys on at some point uh to do if you're interested in doing um a lesson you know it'll be once once a month, we'll have mentors on to speak about a specific topic. It would be 15 minute interview type thing. Then the young men would ask a couple of questions and there would be an overarching thing. It could be about self-discipline, about accountability. And each month we'll have a different thing. And this is just going to, we're going to start it at the end of May. It's $27 a month to join. And if you join for the entire year, it's like a 20% discount or something and you get a building men shirt along with it, but we're going to keep it the, the yeah, enrollment ongoing. Growing. So if yeah. you want to, if you don't want to join up until July, that's perfectly fine. And what we're hoping is to, to make this into the hundreds of young men supporting each other 
and learning from some really, really unbelievable human beings out there that are in this, this role of, of mentors and coaches. Good for y'all, oh, man. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Good. For that is awesome. And we would love to be a part of that and serve any way we can. If we can add value there, then we're all in for sure. Awesome. Um, what same, said. same for us. Yeah, what he said, <laughs> same for us as, as we continue our live events. Um, and then we're going to have some other opportunities to do some virtual stuff here in the near future. Um, we, we want to make sure that we're continuing to align ourselves with, with men like y'all that obviously have the same vision for, for, for building men. Um, so we need to make sure we're communicating and continuing to just really pour into each other's movements. Cause I think nothing but good can happen from it. Right on. Uh, one quick thing to our listeners, because you guys and JP mentioned it a few times, uh, the house of cards. So we did one of our early episodes is episode number 14. It's called, are you building a house of cards? And this is episode one Oh one, by the way, currently. Um, so go back and check that out. If you want to hear some more about the thought process we have on that, it is very much in alignment with this conversation we had. Um, but outside of that, we'll be, um, coming to you June 25th in Murfreesboro, Tennessee for high carbon experience. Number two, we will be announcing soon the guest speakers that are coming in there, obviously continue to follow, like subscribe, do all the things you're supposed to do with all the social media stuff. And you know, the things we don't really care about, but we just want to make sure more people get the message. So go do it. Click buttons and bells and all that bullshit. And uh, we will we will continue to bring quality dudes like Anthony and Dennis on here. And fellas, we appreciate the hell out of your time. Seriously, like we we will be, um, you know, I don't even know why I'm hesitant to say this, because we are believers. And I will tell you, me personally, I will be praying over what you guys are doing because I know it is a good work and I'm excited about it, touching thousands and thousands of lives. Likewise, we we appreciate this, man. This was yeah. awesome. Love Great what you're doing. I uh, truly appreciate you giving us the space to come on here, shoot the ship for a little bit, laugh a little bit, and and talk about some really important stuff. So love what you're doing as well. And if we can support you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out. Yep. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. All right, That's fellas. what we say in the South. Hell yeah. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Hell, Hell right. Yeah. Hell right. Yeah. Hell right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Y'all have a good evening for the rest of y'all. You've been a part of the movement. <laughs>